0: Hello, and welcome to That's Hockey Talk. Joining me, as always, all the way across the country in the, uh, well, right now, one of the COVID capitals of the states, AQ Shipley. AQ, how you doing, buddy? Good, buddy. Good to see you again. Long time no see. You too. We just spent a long weekend together up in Michigan. Uh, a lot of people probably blame us, you know, Penguins fans being up there in uh, tainting the water on what happened with the Wings and the draft lottery. But we'll get to that. Actually, you know what? Let's get to it right now. Let's get to it right now because I've been hearing Foxy complain about it all weekend. I've been seeing Wings fans complain about it on Twitter. Uh, the draft lottery was on Friday night. Uh, the Red Wings with the terrible, terrible season they had not necessarily tanking, but obviously weren't fielding a team out there on the ice that was going to be super competitive or win a lot of games. Theoretically, if you go by the standings, should have been a lock for the first overall pick. That did not happen. The balls did not bounce their way. They end up with the fourth overall pick and Wings fans are pissed. In your mind, is it credible? Do they have the right to be pissed off about this?
1: Yeah, absolutely. But first off, I'll just say what a shame. What a shame to those Red Wings fans. I'm absolutely appalled at the fact that they. I can felt tell you're broken up overall. over it. I'm really tore up over this. I re- I'm really tore up over this. But I think it does have a lot to do with all us Yinzer Penguin fans being in the great state of Michigan and dipping our Yinzer blood and warmth in the beautiful Lake Michigan and just, you know, giving them a little karma of our own. <laughs> poison the well. Poison the well.
0: Yeah, it, it's tough. And I feel for them because as Penguins fans, we got to experience the downtrodden years, those those four to five years of just terrible ineptitude and suckiness. But, you know, we got rewarded for it. We came back out on the other end with generational talents. And uh, it seems like the wings are not going to be able to say the same thing. But you never know because the, the I mean the NHL draft is such a crapshoot. The they're they're picking fourth. You could still get a good player there. And Steve Eisman is a great GM who can still make magic happen, especially in the later rounds. You look at what he did in Tampa. A lot of those guys came from later round picks. You don't necessarily need... I mean, first of all, it would have been nice. Uh, Alexi Lafreniere, that would have been nice, nice get for them. But I, I don't think it's as drastic and dramatic as they're making it out to be. Uh, would would you change the lottery at all and change the odds and the way it's and calculated?
1: I mean, I think there's pros and cons to both sides, right? The NFL does it based on you know record and where you finish at the end of the year, which I think there's there's a pro to that. I think that's uh, it's like the same thing when you're playing pickup as a kid, right? Like the worst team gets the first pick, right? Like at the end of the day, right? So, but when you do this lottery thing, it makes it interesting. It makes it great TV, right? You're sitting there literally waiting for a ball to get picked or a ball to drop and it's like whoa who got it right and and what's cool about it is you got teams that i'm not going to throw you know any in particular team but you got all these teams in these qualifying rounds that all have a shot now at getting this kid at number one overall and some of these teams could be a pittsburgh penguin team who is still a very good team they might be falling off at the wrong time or whatever with it after this covid thing and you know they could be a team that's you know, on the verge, and then they get this kid and just get become a better and better team, right? Or So um it, it definitely makes it interesting, and it gives all these guys an opportunity to, to, to have the shot. Yeah, you mentioned it. So the first overall pick will go to one of the teams that is
0: eliminated from the play-in round for the COVID Cup. And the Penguins do have, have a possibility to be one of those teams taking on Montreal. This is where I have a problem with the way they did the lottery. Why didn't they just do those first seven teams and just make it all between them? Because now you run the risk of, and I I mean, don't get me wrong, I would love it, but you get a Pittsburgh Penguin team that potentially was gonna finish fifth in the Eastern Conference during the regular season, with a legitimate shot at the first overall pick, so that just doesn't sit right with me, and it wouldn't sit right with a lot of other people, I assume uh, across the league. It should have just been those first seven teams because they were the one, you know, the Ottawas, the LAs, and, and Detroit. The, they were the ones that had to suffer through that all year. They should get rewarded for for being the fan, the diehard fans that they are, and watching all that. But it would, it has to, it has to hurt. It would gut someone, I assume, if a team like the Penguins or the Blackhawks or the Oilers. God forbid, again, end up with a number one over a pick. And I mean, it may very well happen. Uh, Speaking of the Oilers and Edmonton on that front, we found out some news. Uh, Big Bobby Mack, basically the godfather of Canadian hockey media, Bob McKenzie tweeted out that it sounds like all signs are indicating now that the hub cities for the rest of the playoff will be Edmonton and Toronto and Vegas Blue quite the lead in this thing. Uh, They were, from day one, pegged to be the favorite, the lock to be one of the hubs. And obviously, with the recent uptick and and spike in COVID cases there, uh, I guess a a major determining factor was a lot of the people that were testing positive were actually casino employees and hotel employees. So uh, the NHL had to pull out, and now they're looking at Edmonton and Toronto, which seemed to be in much better shape.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting because I mean, obviously, you know, arguably the birthplace of hockey, right? Canada and the fans there are incredible, and you got um, these Happy teams Canada that are going to be the in way. the playoffs. Happy
0: Canada Day! I don't know if you know that today is Canada Day.
1: I didn't know that, but I'm pumped for Canada. Oh, Canada! Right and. The, the fans are going to be incredible. So I don't. I don't know how this is going to work. You know, and I mean, it's going to give them a home home ice advantage essentially, right? But you know, you're still not going to have fans. So I don't know how that plays into it. Like, is, like will that psyche still give them that home ice advantage without fans? I don't know. Yeah,
0: I assume so. There's probably something to be said for being in Canada while playing, even if the fans aren't there. Uh, obviously, Edmonton won't be playing in Edmonton. They're going to have to go to Toronto and vice versa for Toronto. They're going to have to go to Edmonton, so there's no home ice advantage. Uh, the one thing I I saw, and it's, it would just be a real uh, shot in the dick to the Leafs, is if someone ends up like the Bruins, I, I, probably not the Canadians, but uh, the Bruins or the or some rival of the Leafs ends up hoisting the Stanley Cup in Toronto without yeah. Toronto even sniffing the finals or getting near that round or playing for it. Because as uh, as we all know, the Leafs fans have suffered for oh, almost 60 years now without a cup. And, and to watch another team raise it on your ice without even getting a chance to play for it on your own ice would be tough pill to swallow. So I assume it's good news and bad news for the Canadian fans uh, and a couple weeks ago, we talked about it. And I kind of, I kind of gave Edmonton a hard time and bashed Edmonton a little bit. But that was just, you know, that's what people are saying. That's what the players say when it comes to free agency. They don't always want to go there because it's cold and dark and gloomy. And Pittsburgh's the same way. And I love Pittsburgh, but so I get it, hometown pride. But uh, I think it could make a great host city. It seems like their bid has been well received, obviously by the NHL. And it seems like they've got uh, the facilities. And I know they were pumping this golf course, too. It seems like they're, that that good Canadian hospitality to take care of the players and take care of the situation and put on a show for all of us because that's what we're dying to see. We're just dying to see these guys get back on the ice one way or the other. Uh, there was a report from Eric Engels of Sportsnet uh, on Twitter bouncing around. Uh, he had a nice little thread about it coming around that he, uh, by a player he's talked to, by the player's estimation, that about 70 to 75% of the guys – Aren't really in love with the idea of getting back on the ice uh, because they haven't been filled in on all the safety protocols. They're not sure about being away from their families for three months or however long it'll take. Uh, just, you know, all the, all the standard normal reasons you would have hesitations to go back in there. As a player yourself, if you were proposed this bubble scenario in this situation, what are, what are your immediate hesitations? Like, what's, what's stopping you from going in there and giving it full bore?
1: So I think you have to look at it in two different perspectives, right? You got the young guys, you got the old guys, right? I think the old guys are going to be heavily like what Eric Engels put out there uh, heavily against it, right? You know, you got, you know, I got a second baby on the way coming literally tomorrow. So congrats you you sit. Yeah, appreciate that. So you sit there and you're like, Okay, do I really want to be away from my one month old for three months? with no contact and blah, 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 right? So that's probably the older guys who have families, who are established, who, you know, you, you got all that situation. But then you got the young guys who, unlike what everybody thinks in this world, there is a case of players in every league that don't make millions and millions and millions yeah, and millions of especially, dollars, right? Especially so in this league. those guys are sitting here like, listen, I need that $500,000. In this case, it's a little different because now it's just a playoff pool and they've really got their they've got their money for the year for the most part. Right. So, um, but again, still to those guys, I don't know what the playoff share is in hockey, but let's just say it's an extra $200,000. That's huge. Yeah. To someone who's only making $500,000. So those guys are like itching to get back on the ice. So I think you have two different, two different levels. And I think, you know, for the most part, the league's comprised of heavily veteran li- laden players on one side, but then, you know, you also have that young influx. So I'm sure there's like a split balance there. Um, and I think that's where the P.A. comes in, where you got to kind of make your case to these guys one way or another to bring the veteran guys and say, hey, listen, we need this. And then also bring the young guys to say, hey, listen, there needs to be some safety stuff before we get back. So there's got to be a, a happy middle ground, I think.
0: Yeah, that was a, that was a very uh, thorough, well put explanation, because you're right. Like I, I look at this and I see I saw the report and I see that there's a silent majority, we'll call it, of guys that have hesitation about going. And I say that because no one's speaking out. No one's saying, hey, we don't want to go. You're not seeing it like they're there NBA players that have come out and said, hey, I'm not going into the bubble in Orlando. This is why. And okay, you know, you're opting out. That's fine. They might get a little criticism here and there, but none of the, none of the guys in the NHL are doing that. You saw Carey Price, I think, was one of the few to say, I'm not so sure about this. I need to see more information. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Kerry, I mean, we're not going to we won't criticize you. We're not going to hold against yeah. you, you know. you know, like stay home You'll with the kids. Go to the whole thing.
1: Just stay home for
0: Stay home with the kids, take a nap, rest up. Your knees are probably pretty sore. I think Devin Dumnick, uh goalie from the Wild, was another one who had some hesitations about it and spoke up, but you're not seeing like the Crosby's, the Ovechkin's, the Connor McDavids, they're not all coming out at once and being like, "No, we're not doing this." I think that's the only way if the players really didn't want to do this. I think that's the only way to voice any concern. And I think Stamkos was another one who he didn't quite speak out, but he put out a tweet with the old hmm, face when it turned out that uh, Tampa Bay had to shut down their facilities for all the positive tests on their team, but that they were still pushing forward with the voting uh, for the next return to play protocols. So let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, Bob McKenzie, again, dumped out a bunch of info yesterday about this a little bit today. So... the the NHL and the NHLPA have been meeting and discussing the phase three and four return to play protocols. So this will hopefully get some of the questions answered that Carey Price and and those the silent majority were talking about. Uh, a CBA extension, which was which was interesting to me because there's still two years left on the current CBA. It's not supposed to expire until 2022. Uh, the and the transition rules. Um, so. He said, Bob said, there's still a couple things to finalize. Nothing, of course, is actually done until both sides ratify a tentative deal. He expects them to vote on it by Friday or Saturday. Of course, probably not going to hear anything today because it being Canada Day, a national holiday up in Canada. Uh, So we haven't heard much about this negotiation. And usually this is a big problem for the NHL. Uh, If you're a fan, you... (sighs) All you need to do is look back past couple years and realize they haven't had a collective bargaining agreement without a work stoppage since, uh, boy, the mid-90s. Once they agreed to the one in 94 and got the guys back on the ice, they uh, extended it to 98 and then, of course, the lockout in 04-05 and then the lockout shortened season in uh, 12-13. so here we go again, but no, it's not. They, they've actually, they're, they seem to be working on the same page. There haven't been any leaks to the media. It doesn't seem like there's any hostile uh, negative things being thrown back and forth. And I actually saw what I intended and assumed, or what I assumed the league intended to be an act of good faith for the bargaining is that every player is still getting their bonuses on July 1st, which is when league bonuses go out for signing bonuses, incentives, all those things. So I'm very shocked this is working out. I'm very surprised. And if they get this done, I agree. I think it, I, I say this with no hyperbole. This may be the biggest accomplishment this league has ever done and has ever pulled off would be able to get these guys on the ice into these two cities and play with a new collective bargain agreement without missing any real time.
1: They have a real opportunity here, Nick. I mean, we sp- we've spoke about this plenty of times. I mean, this could be when they start back up, if they get this thing rolling, I don't know, late July, early August, whatever whenever that time frame is they're going to be the only show on TV. I mean, at the end of the day, right? I mean, English Premier League's back on, but, you know, it's a a couple days a week, right? But at the end of the day, like, we're in the playoffs the heart when everybody is watching, right? Like, everybody – like, if you you don't watch regular season hockey, people usually tune in to watch playoffs. They want to see, you know, Game 7s. They want to see, you know, Stanley Cups. They want to see – everybody's going to watch this. And if they're the only show in town, this could be huge for the league. So, for them to be able to do this – and typically – you know you see it in every negotiation amongst every major pro sport one side always leaks some bad shit to another side and they always try and make the other side look bad to the media like this side's getting a little too greedy let's put this out this side's getting a little too greedy. let's put this out there's none of that going on it seems like they're solely focused on getting this thing rolling and if they can do this i mean kudos to them and, and, and make this work i mean and i think you'll see the other leagues take a hard look at this and if this can be successful use this as the blueprint
0: yeah and and hockey players uh by nature and by culture are big time uh do what they're told guys you know they're the routine guys they don't like to shake things up so this is a huge huge shake up for everything that they're used to and for them to be able to go along play nice with the owners play nice with the league and figure this out i think a huge huge amount of of uh, admiration and respect needs to go on the players end. And and for the league too, again, I I said they're paying out those bonuses. That's $300 million. That's not a, that might be chump change to uh, like the NBA or the NFL, but especially now when there's no revenue coming in, that's a pretty significant gesture to say, hey, look, we wanna get back out here. You guys might not want to, you might not be as gung ho, but here you go, Here's, here's here's all your money. We'd love to see you back out here. A few other things. We don't have a ton of details about the CBA that's being negotiated because, like you said, nothing is really leaking, which is surprising. There are a few things, though, uh, and it seems like... Good news in, in the sense that the Olympics are back on the table. We know the players love going to the Olympics and they want to play with them. The league is the one that doesn't really like it because they don't see any money from it. The owners put their players the at break. risks. Uh, but 2022 and 2026, the players will be back in the Olympics. So that's great news. We love watching that, you know, uh, it, it, even though Crosby stabs our heart out every year and all his golden goals and bullshit. Uh, uh and then the other thing that's coming out now is it'll probably be a flat cap for the next two to three years, but I think that was mostly expected, if not, let alone uh, I think people some people maybe thought the cap would drop. And that's gonna hurt the still, team.
1: Still raised though? Is it is or is it gonna stay exactly where it's at right now? It's gonna, gonna
0: be saying? stay it's so so this is from Elliot Friedman. Uh he's saying a flat cap. Numbers were eighty one point five for the next two years and eighty two point five in twenty twenty three. Uh so that's pretty good news for the league in terms of, you're gonna have teams that, I mean, I should say it like this, it's gonna hurt a few teams, it's gonna hurt those teams that spend to the cap, because they are going to probably have to force some buyouts and make some contracts go away. But it's good news for the league as a whole in that they're not hemorrhaging cash, and that they don't have to lower it and cause league-wide panic and have players out of jobs and multiple, multiple players being bought out and shuffling all around. So this is something else I saw, you know, less cap space obviously only translates less room to add players, but also which to keep them. So it's good news for me, like you, from your point of view as a player, you know, you always want to see that you guys are always fighting for more jobs and higher pay, right? That's, That's the main incentive and objective when it comes to these negotiations. So normally when this happens and these announcements are made, you see, oh, the players won, oh, the owners won. We don't know because we don't have all the details we only have a handful of little nuggets to go off of but it seems like seems like they might be able to make everyone happy for once
1: to a certain extent right i mean at the end of the day yeah, it's and all relative. Er, er, i mean at the end of the day there's always going to be that's the only way negotiations work the, the, the way negotiations work is in order for me to get something i got to give something right so there's always there's always that given given pull take and um, at the end of the day all you want to do is get as an owner the best deal for you and as a player the best deal for you and you understand going into that that you're going to have to give something to get something so as long as they all stay you know strict and firm on what is important to them you know you have your five points and you don't move off those five points you're okay giving up these five points as long as you have these five points then as a the players as the players you, you feel like you won and as the owners it's like okay cool We understand they're going to have their five points. We give them their five. And as long as we hold hold firm on our five, then we're good. And then we feel like we won the deal, right? So at the end of the day, it's it's a give and take. And if if both sides can come to an agreement, that's exactly what happened.
0: That's what's curious, because it feels like uh, it feels like the cap staying flat is kind of a big deal. So I'm interested to see who who's conceding what and where it's, where it's going from there. One thing I did notice and I thought I would see with the flat cap that I haven't is like amnesty buyouts where I don't know if you remember this, but a couple years ago when they did the, the lockout shortened season agreed to the CBA, they had two buyouts per team that allowed them to do the extend multiple years onto the contract and pay them two thirds salary each year but it wouldn't count against the cap, which is a, which is a big thing in hockey. You can buy players out Huge. and but it has to count against your cap so you're paying that like I think David Clarkson is still be, being paid by the Maple Leafs to this day, so I thought they might try and weasel some of those in there to help the owners out a little bit and help some of those cap crunch teams, but it seems like nothing yet. So I'll be interested to see if that comes out or if they're just going as is standard quo buyout procedures, Uh, because that's a big deal. If you're a team like the Penguins, as we know, who you're constantly trying to get under the cap or basically any of the large market teams that always spend to the cap, if you're trying to get under there, uh, you you don't want to be paying guys two or $3 million a year to not play for you, especially for the next five to 10 years. Uh, So we'll see. The other thing on the back end of all of this, of course, is the TV contracts for the league are up in the next year or two. So they could be able to cash in big time if they pull this off. We heard uh, ESPN is supposedly in play. Uh, There was a small little talk uh, of some games featured on ABC, possibly. NBC, we know NBC wants back in, and apparently Fox wants to make a play. So I would like to see the league try and leverage this and kind of get everybody involved. I, I, I don't assume. Or I assume they're not going to go away from NBC. I think they're still going to do the NBC thing, big game of the week. Blah, blah, blah. But if you can get some games going, I know they already do a couple games on ESPN Plus. But get some more on ESPN Plus. Get some on ESPN Two maybe. Uh, and then if you can work with Fox, uh, Fox does a good job of creating content around their sh- the league, so they could be doing some studio shows on Fox They kind of get some more eyes on it. There's so many different ways to go here, and I got to be. I hope they don't fuck it up. I don't have a lot of faith, but I mean, this is kind of changing my my mind here because the way this has gone, the way the CBA has gone, the way the the return to play protocols have gone, they it seems like they got some momentum here.
1: We well, do We can only hope so because it seems like they fucked up almost everything like over the last <laughs> twenty years, right? I mean, it sounds like even just hearing some of the people talk, even on your guys' show, and um, you know, just reading some other things, it sounds like they even screwed up the last TV deal for the most part. So. Yeah this is an opportunity for them to kind of right the ship essentially, right, with with, with, the collective bargaining deal first and then capitalize off that, like you said, with the momentum and move forward with the TV deal and get that thing rolling. And if they do, and they can kind of, again, use the fact that they're gonna be the first kind of thing rolling back into TV, then if they can use that as kind of leverage to kind of, like you said, use some of these other networks and pin them against each other or kind of even do something multifaceted across the different networks i mean that would be incredible and then of course let's not forget seattle we got an expansion team coming in we're gonna
0: have another expansion draft so i mean there is a lot for this league and the fans to be looking forward to again fingers crossed we're putting our faith in gary who we all boo every time he comes out on the ice and hands that cup out i don't know if he pulls this off can we still boom because
1: is is there a commissioner I guess that's the question I have is
0: there a commissioner that doesn't get food I don't think Adam Sil- I think Adam Silver in the NBA I think they like him a lot
1: They like him okay yeah. even the fans like him like yeah. when he goes up to announce a draft pick we're good hey
0: I think so. I mean, I'm not a huge basketball guy, but it seems like he's the guy that everyone points to. Like, yeah, that commissioner is great. I know Pat is a big Goodell fan. I know you have your uh, indifferences with him or whatever, but like Gary well, employed me. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm <okay> with him. <laughs> Gary's not well liked. And I mean, Rob Manfred has emerged as the biggest stooge in maybe Ever. sports history as the baseball yeah. commissioner. So uh, Gary, I mean, Gary's climbing ladder right now. And if he keeps things going, could slide into that number two spot very easily.
1: I like it. I like it. I hope he does because hockey needs a boost in popularity. It needs a boost on TV. It needs a boost, period. We all love it, but we need to get other people loving it, and I think it all starts with him. So come on, Gary. We're rooting for you. Come on, Gary. All right. Well said, AQ.
0: Again, happy Canada Day to everybody up north, all our listeners up north. Uh, Today should have been NHL Free Agency Day. Would have been fun to break down where everybody's going, but hey, we still got some hockey to play. We still gotta get these boys back out on the ice. So hopefully uh, this vote gets done tomorrow or over the weekend and we, we get a firm date. Uh, I think training camp is supposed to start July 10th. Uh, it would be nice to get a, an official start date for the league, but everything's still fluid right now. So we get it. Uh, all right. Thank you for rocking with us. Appreciate you following along. Uh, check us out on Twitter at that's hockey talk. Go to the store, check us out on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee show. Uh AQ looks good today. He's got the good lighting. He's not blurry. It's worth a look. Let's get those views up. Hit the subscribe. We're back, boys.
1: We are back.
0: Thanks for rocking with us. AQ.
1: Cheers. That's Hockey Talk.